make sure the tarp's ready. We'll check with the weather service by five, and we'll make a decision then. Hey, 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 hey. What you doing here? Don't you have practice? Not anymore. I quit. Oh. Well, since when are you the quitting kind? I don't know. I just don't see the point anymore. So you didn't make the dress list. There are greater tragedies in the world. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. To prove to everyone prove that I worked... Prove what? That I was somebody. Oh, you are so full of crap. You're five feet nothing. A hundred and nothing. And you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't going to never happen. Now go on back. Sorry, I never got you to see your first game in here. Hell, I've seen too many games in this stadium. I thought you said you never saw a I've game. I've never seen a game from the stands. You were a player? I rode the bench for two years. Thought I wasn't being played because of my color. I got filled up with a lot of attitude, so I quit. Still not a week goes by, I don't regret it. And I guarantee a week won't go by in your life, you won't regret walking out, letting them get the best of you. You hear me clear enough? Fellow teammates, welcome to another episode of the Move Swiftly podcast. I am your host, Aswan Crookshank, the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting and author of Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork. Teammates, it was my freshman year at Carson Newman College in Jefferson City, Tennessee. And as you guys know, I was a member of the football team, coached by the late, great Ken Sparks. I said late, great Ken Sparks. And what made him great was the incredible work that he has done for young people. I mean, this man absolutely changed lives. He taught me, he taught us God. He made it so we understood how important a relationship with God is. And I was 18 years old, and I didn't appreciate a lot of the things he did. But now as a 32-year-old man, I am beyond blessed to have had that one season with Coach Sparks. Now, like many great coaches, Coach Sparks had some incredible, incredible guest speakers come on and come and talk to us during practice. One of those guest speakers, I, I can't even remember the guest speaker's name. However, I I remember the first time he spoke to us, because as you guys know, you don't get a second chance at a first impression. So I remember the first time he spoke to us, he had us all put our head down 
And he asked for people to commit to Christ right then. And I, I wasn't ready to raise my hand. I was an 18-year-old kid, and I, I was thinking about all kinds of stuff that wasn't God-related. We'll just say that. However, I was still in the room, and I heard, I heard him on the microphone as people are raising their hands, and I'm hearing the speaker say, yes, praise God. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm hearing it. I'm, I'm seeing that he's really touching a lot of lives. Now, that gentleman would come and speak to the team on multiple occasions. He wasn't just a one-time speaker. This is why I remember him so much. I, his name flew out of my head. But his name really didn't matter in this sense because his message was so real. His message was so real. And at, at 18, God, listen, teammates, at 18 years old, I didn't really get it. I didn't really understand the value of everything he was saying. But there was one story he told that really struck me. One story he told that really struck me. He was telling a story about how he was having a discussion with a janitor, someone who, who cleans up after people, who, who does the front teamwork. If you guys read Swiftly, you understand what I mean when I say the front teamwork. He vacuums floors for a living, he cleans up buildings, all that grunt work that nobody ever wants to do. Now, he was, he was talking about, he was telling us a story about an interaction that he had with the janitor, and he knew the janitor's name. He knew the janitor's name. And he, this, is, this is the guest speaker speaking to us as players. And he was telling us, look, if you don't know a person by their name, then you are ignoring them. You are not being as respectful as you can be. And teammates, that brings me to the topic of today's discussion. It's in life. When we get ignored, when people don't take the time to learn our name, we have got to figure out a way to continue to move forward. Now, granted, I know I'm speaking for myself. It is not an easy thing to do. With a name like Aswan Crookshank, all right, I've had to hear so much bullshit my entire life. He's ass, he's cruise shit, ass wipe. In fact, that year, there was a teammate of mine who put on my Facebook wall. He, he goes, hey, ass wipe, cruise shit. I need, I need your help on social studies or some arrogant bullshit like that. I've had to hear it my entire life. I've had to deal with being ignored my entire life. And I'm here to tell every last one of you guys listening in, it's okay. It's okay. Don't let them get the best of you. Do not let these people get the best of you. Trust me, I've been there. I know it. I know this. I know it. Just hold on to everything I'm getting ready to tell you. Because after that year at Carson Newman College, I was, I was down. I was down because I just torn my ACL, didn't know what I wanted to do. I needed a fresh start in life. I was just a few months removed from my high school graduation, as I've talked a little bit about on this podcast. And life just got real. I was only 19 years old. Now, I, I dreamed up this thing. I, I came up with this vision. I said to myself, I want to go and I want to play for Stony Brook University. I want to go play Division I football. And the reason I decided to go to, to Stony Brook University, as you guys know, was Division I, and there was a black coach who was recruiting me in high school. I've said all that in the past. Just go back and listen to the other episodes. And that was it. It was Stony Brook or nothing. My sister, my family will tell you, I was all in. I was determined. I was getting my knee repaired. I was ready to go. I was ready to go. And I, find, I got into Stony Brook strictly on academics. Strictly on academics, 
but I was so focused on this damn football team, I wasn't really getting the understanding of go where you're wanted. I, I didn't really grasp, grasp the aspect of, hey, if people don't want to deal with you, you got to move on. That's why even to this day, there are a lot of things that I could have done if I would have just moved on quicker. And that's what I want you guys to take away from today's discussion. Go where you're wanted. Be a part of, be a part of where you're appreciated. Do not make the same mistakes I have in being in a place where they don't give a shit about you. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I know it's tough because you, you, you're going through this thing and you're busting your ass. You're going all in and you're trying to do it. Yet the people that are ahead of you, the people that are in the way of this opportunity that you need to work with to get to this opportunity are not budging. They just don't give a shit, right? Here's what happened through Stony Brook. And, and I'll tell you this story, and, and you guys got to get really get a hold of this. Really get a hold of this. When I got to Stony Brook, I was a linebacker. I was playing on the defensive side of the ball. And as anyone who's played college football understands that the offense and the defense is like the day-to-day. It's like they're two separate teams, dog. They are two separate teams. Now, I happened to get there. It was the first year of the defensive coordinator's job. This was the first year. This was his first year. So our yeah, our defensive coordinator at Stony Brook at the time, his name was Coach Gush. And this was his very first year at Stony Brook. His son was a wide receiver and played there. And it was a good, it was a good opportunity for him to be a defensive coordinator. Now I believe he's just a linebacker's coach at Baylor University. Coach Gush. Anyway. I remember the second day of practice. It was either the first or the second day of practice. And just so we're clear, I wasn't eligible to play in any games. I, they, coaches really didn't care if I was there or not, if I showed up to practice or not. I was there. It was a self-fulfilling thing for me because, I, again, just a year prior, I just torn my ACL and I was playing Division II football. And I had busted my ass just to be able to be on the field and prove that I could play Division I football. Now, once practice started, once camp started and all that shit and everything was getting going, I remember walking into the football office early one day. I know I was walking into the office for something. I think we had a, a team meeting or something, one of those meetings. And I can remember Coach Gush yelling, in the, yelling or just making fun, making a light of a situation. He goes, hey, hey, we're going to start calling you crunk. We're going to just start calling you Crunk. He's getting Crunk right now. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Crunk. We'll just call him Crunk. And it it felt a little odd. It it really did. I'll be honest with you. It felt a little odd because I knew. I I just came from a a Division II program with a great coach. I just had one of the most legendary coaches. I had one of the most legendary high school coaches. And then from that, I went to a guy like Ken Sparks, who, again, is another legendary coach in this business. And as a player, and I also had worked at a gym the year prior, so I had real-world working experience in sales. So I could get a sense of when a guy is trying to bullshit me, when a guy was just chastising and patronizing and just telling me shit to, to get a smile or get a laugh out of me. And that's what Coach Gush was trying to do, as opposed to just learning my name and shaking my hand and say, okay, you're as wondered, or saying something like, do you mind if we call you Crunk? He wanted to make a joke out of, oh, we'll just call him Crunk, 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 Crunk. 
And that name stuck with me throughout the entire, my entire time at Stony Brook, my, the last two years, and I was only there for two seasons. No one ever learned my real name. <laughs> None of the coaches ever learned my real name. For two years, and this was a place that I busted my ass to be. And in fact, once, as you guys know, I wanted to get into coaching right after I was done playing. I was intimidated at the fact that these dudes don't even give a fuck who I am. They don't even have the, the decency to learn my real name. And it really turned me off about being in, in the profession as it is. I really can't. I mean, because of them, I have a bad taste in my mouth when it deal when it comes to dealing with college football coaches, particularly Division One college football coaches who walk around like they know every fucking thing there is, who don't have the decency to learn someone's names because they just think that they can get everything. They haven't grown out of the way it was as a player. They think it's a fucking joke. All right, I'm not saying that about all coaches. All right, so before, before I'm not saying that about all coaches. I'm just saying that's the experience I had. In fact, let me, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. In the, the two seasons I was there, I made, I still had some years of eligibility, but I decided I just didn't want to do it anymore. There was no opportunity. I wasn't given an opportunity to play. I was able to graduate, and I told Coach P, all right, look, I'm done playing. I want to get into coaching. Just let me know how I could help out, all those things. That was my final meeting with Coach P. And Coach P says to me, okay, we'll honor you as a senior at the banquet which is what he did with guys that can graduate but had some eligibility, which was commendable, and I respect him for that. Now, we get to the banquet, the day of the banquet, and it came time for him to introduce me as a senior, and I'm there with all the seniors, and we're kind of being honored and have our jerseys in front and all that other shit, all the, the, the show and the pageantry that college football comes with, all right? And Coach P, and this is in front of the entire team and all the family and everybody that is involved with the Stony Brook football program, Coach P gets to all the seniors, and he's honoring all the seniors, and he gets to my name. And this is what Coach P does. He goes, we have at fullback, uh, Crunker. It's a great name. I'm not changing it now. <laughs> you know, and then Coach P comes and sits down and he kind of whispers to me, he goes, hey, Crunker, I'm not going to change your name now, no matter what you say. Bullshit. Bullshit. The reality of it is he doesn't know my real name. And this is the man that I've played for for the past two seasons. This is the man that I had just said I want to work for. This was the business and the profession that I said that I want to be in. All right, teammates, understand. Understand, that didn't stop me. It, it pissed me off. It bothered me a little bit. And listen, there were some teammates that even agreed with me. I remember the next day or week, and I was talking to some of my teammates about the banquet, and they were saying, yeah, you know why he did that, right? It's because he doesn't know your real name. <laughs> he doesn't know how to pronounce your name. <laughs> Been here for two seasons, and a man still doesn't know your name. And I'm telling you, teammates, I know I'm talking to someone out there who has been ignored, who feels trapped, who feels like they can't, they just can't get where they want to get to in life because they need to know someone or know. No, let it go. 
Go where you're wanted. Be a part of the things that you want that want be somewhere that wants you. If you go back and listen to what Coach Tram was talking about in the, the episode high school titled High School Football, he's saying, go where you're wanted. Go where you fit in. Do not think, do not think just because you it's division one or they have all the, the blaring lights and all that shit that it's for you. Go where you want it. All right, teammates, listen, I understand you've been ignored. I understand how much it hurts. Just understand I'm in your corner. I'm hearing you. I will not stop doing these podcasts for you. I will not stop giving these talks for you. I, I said from day one that this is move swiftly, finding your place in this world. And in times, yes, there are going to be times where you find where you're looking and you find your place in this world. And we have to think of some very tough, tough situations that we've been a part of. We have to think of some things and we have to be very, very honest with ourselves if we're going to find our place in this world. So teammates, stay with me. Continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. You know, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Oh, well, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself, and this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only going to end up bad for you, and it's going to end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah. In a way, you are. That's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that, that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? You ain't going to believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. It was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame. Like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son, you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. 
But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother. Just give it one more try. 